Before we jump into today's topic, a quick disclaimer. The stories and data we share come from the states that we practice in and the experiences that we've personally had, which can differ greatly across our country and certainly the globe. This is not a professional advice show. So let's get comfy and talk about death. Welcome to Mort Mike, a down-to-earth discussion on death and dying. I'm Jen. And I'm Red. And we're your statistical surveyors this week. Bathing suits and ice cream don't sell so well in the cold months. Teachers have summer break to look forward to. Many industries experience an off-season, a time that they are less busy when demand is lower. And as surprised as you may be to find out, so does death care. You may already have a few things on your mind as for why this strange phenomenon exists, and today will most likely touch on these thoughts as well as many other plausible explanations. We'll confirm some of your suspicions and we'll also debunk some false facts. In the U.S., human deaths see an increase as we approach the holiday seasons, which are coming up just around the corner. Uh, December through March, there are pretty rough months for many due to this tenuous time of people passing. Even more interesting, there is a definite spike in deaths around Christmas and on New Year. So some people might have surmised that a lot more deaths would happen in the summer. Like that would be the peak time of year. There's like heat waves, uh, more crimes are committed in the summer, things like that. But that is actually not true at all. It is winter. Winter is where we experience more deaths. Um, And before we really get into the meat and potatoes of all of this, I just wanted to cite a few sources that we use to help research for this episode. And the first was a 2016 article by Fraser Consultants, uh, The Seasonality and Human Mortality, which is a demographic approach by Roland Rao. Christmas and New Year as a Risk Factor for Death, compiled by David Phillips, Gwendolyn Barker, and Kimberly Brewer. So we can always include those links if you guys are ever interested in reading more about these. It's a lot of charts, it's a lot of graphs, and it's a lot of fun if you're into that kind of thing. (laughs) Wow, what a title. And that is true, though. There are, you would suspect that there would be more deaths during the summer it's hotter people don't have ac there is more crime in the summer people aren't staying indoors as often but you know it's actually the opposite so the average monthly deaths in the united states back in 2017 the lowest months sit around 7,200 deaths daily but when you come to winter months it jumps all the way up to like 8,400 that's almost a thousand more deaths a day a little bit more and that came from the cdc yeah, that's that's a big difference right there. A thousand deaths a day, like even across the whole country, that is a pretty big discrepancy. Yeah, huge. So let's try to explain why exactly this is. And uh, we're going to start off with some things that aren't. So some of our falsities. Um, one of the most common conceptions of why um, the death spike happens around winter would be uh, suicide. Uh, so seasonal depression, things like that, less sunlight. Um, but but this is actually not true at all. Yeah, so I think when people think about holiday deaths, they think about, you know, suicides, like, you know, feeling lonely, you 
don't want to spend the holidays alone. You're kind of confronting some inner demons that you haven't really thought about all year. Or, you know, like traffic accidents, like families traveling from here to there during the holidays. It's snowing. It's icy out. Really, it's it's not a really big spike compared to other times of the year. If you just like look at the data and even being in the industry, um, seeing these deaths, like it's pretty, pretty it keeps pretty on track. Um, suicides during the holidays are pretty similar in number to suicides during the rest of the year. It's one of the biggest wives' tales about deaths in the winter is that there's more suicide, but it is summer, in fact. Um, and we even go on to see, okay, well, maybe what about the accidents? What about things like substance abuse or other types of external causes, like even homicides? Around the holidays, these do increase, but it's such a negligible amount that it doesn't begin to shadow over what all of the other deaths are that are occurring, which are natural deaths, natural causes of death. Right. And I do want to bring this up too, especially this year. So we're recording this in 2020, guys. You know that means coronavirus. Mm -hmm. So regarding the coronavirus, we're all staying home, especially for those first few months, right? You would think that there would be more suicides, more overdoses, because people are at home alone with their thoughts doing whatever they do, not being attended by other people. Honestly, the line of these deaths was completely flat. I mean, I wouldn't say completely flat, but I didn't really see an increase in ODs, suicides, home deaths, just because more people were staying at home. So I think that goes to say something with the holiday season too. Just because you're home, just because you're inside, because it's cold outside, it doesn't mean there's more OD deaths, there's more suicide deaths. So some other people might be thinking, well, of course, it's colder out. So a lot more people were probably dying of hypothermia, uh, homeless people, or people that aren't able to afford um, proper heating, things like that. But this is also incorrect. Yeah, I would say that hypothermia, deaths by hypothermia specifically, they do happen. I have personally never seen one, but it's a very, very, very small number that this happens. Yeah, it actually only totals out to be about like 1,300 a year, only 1,300 cases, which like in the grand scheme of things is very, very small. Right. And like you said, these are mostly people in a homeless situation, people that really don't have any shelter at all. Or someone that went out for, like, ice fishing and things went really, really, really bad. (laughs) Yeah, I guess. (laughs) So we all know with the holidays, it can be an extremely stressful time of year. Maybe stress is something that plays more into this higher death toll. But there was actually a a report, a health report by CNN that looked into this. Um, And I'm just going to actually read the quote because I think it does a really good job explaining it. Mm. Um, Phillips and his team looked at the number of deaths amongst the Alzheimer's population, theorizing that they might be less aware of the holidays and the stress that it triggers. But they found that deaths in Alzheimer's patients spike too. And there's a lack of evidence to verify stress as a cause per the study's findings. So yeah, stress isn't going to kill you over the holidays, even though it might feel like it sometimes. (laughs) (laughs) That's it. That's very interesting that they chose Alzheimer's patients to kind of be the the control. Right. Like I've never seen that before. (laughs) I thought that was really interesting variable to to set into uh, a study like that. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, that totally makes sense. Yep. I am right there with you. The stress of being around family, spending a lot of money on Christmas gifts. I get it. Very stressful. Very life ending. But uh, usually people do not die of that sort of stress. Unfortunately. (laughs) 
So coronavirus aside, what about just the flu, the general commonplace influenza flu? There is a spike from this, but it's not as much as you might think. When we're talking about the flu, usually the flu is not going to kill you um, unless you have pre-existing conditions. And uh, I feel like I'm talking about coronavirus right now because that's the only thing that's on my mind this time. <laughs> but the flu is something that is very manageable and very treatable unless you have these pre-existing conditions like COPD, uh, diabetes, I guess. And, you know, I don't know the exact uh, combination that can cause death. Of course, we're going to have more flu during the flu season. That's why it's called the flu season. But it isn't killing off, you know, hundreds of thousands of people as the coronavirus currently is. So unless you have something like COPD, you have a lung problem, you have a heart issue, um, the flu isn't going to really result in that great spike of deaths that we see every year during the holiday season. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, to throw some more numbers at you, it's actually only accounting for 2.5% of the increase in winter deaths because of the mm. flu. So yet again, a very, very small amount. Well, so we debunked all of these things, not suicide, not accidents, not homicides, hypothermia, no, stress, no, flu, no. So like, why, why are all these deaths happening during the holiday season? So the one thing that tends to play a bit of a role in all of the things we just mentioned, but more so a totally different role, is ambient temperature. And that sounds so vague because it is. <laughs> <laughs> I know it's like, is my, I don't have my heat on enough. Is that why we're all dying? <laughs> so it actually kind of plays a weird role into it. So with ambient temperature, it really comes down to three specific things. The triggering effects of cold weather exacerbate pre-existing diseases it lowers our immune systems, and the lower temperatures also help bacteria to survive in droplet spray. Mm. Yeah, that's true. It's kind of uh, this is kind of a hard concept to wrap your mind around if you've never really learned about bacterial fomites, which is what happens when they dry and they kind of stick to things. This is exactly what the coronavirus does and why it's so highly contagious. But bacteria can survive in very specific climates. So if uh, let's say someone sneezes and the bacteria is all in your mucus and it goes onto like a door handle or like a table or something. The bacteria can dry and they can live there for a very extended period of time. And I guess the cooler temperatures um, also helps them live longer because bacteria do not like heat. That's why heat is used a lot to kind of sanitize things. They always tell you to wash your hands in hot water. You know, things are sanitized at very extremely high temperatures in an autoclave. So if it's colder, bacteria can survive longer. This makes sense. Yeah, it really just slows them down if you think about it. I mean, think about your fridge, think about your freezers. Things still over time can go bad or get freezer burn, be rotten. It's not a total... I was gonna say total party kill, and that doesn't make sense at all. <laughs> a bacteria a party, kill your bacteria party. <laughs> right. No, it's true though, and you know the same can be said for decomposing bodies. If you throw yeah. someone in the cooler, you know it'll slow things down, but it's not going to stop decomposition completely. Yeah, exactly. The cold is not end all be all. 
So like Red said before, most of the death increases that we see in these holiday seasons are completely natural. They are diseases that people either develop or have had and are currently dealing with and they just pass away or are not able to recover from these diseases. So this would be things like cardiovascular health, uh, cerebrovascular health, which is your brain uh, arterial supply, the blood in your brain, what's going on there, and respiratory disease. And these are the main cause of death spikes that we see. So just kind of going off what we know, we know that in terms of your respiratory health, when you breathe in cold air, it's kind of hard to breathe sometimes. This is called bronchoconstriction. And so the cold air entering your uh, nasal cavity and entering your oral cavity is really cold. Usually your body tries to warm things up, but if you're talking about like freezing temperatures, it's just not going to do the job. So this can irritate your respiratory passages and cause inflammation. You can imagine if someone has COPD or if someone has an existing respiratory disease such as coronavirus, um, this could be extremely detrimental uh, to the trachea, to the lungs. And oddly enough, this kind of idea also goes for your blood vessels. Um, it's called vasoconstriction. So if your blood vessels are colder, they're going to constrict, so they're going to get smaller. This will increase your blood pressure, and increasing your blood pressure is very, very bad, especially for people with pre-existing heart conditions. Any sort of toll on the heart, such as, I don't know, hypertrophy or diabetes, big, big comorbidities like this, it's an increased likelihood that um, the colder ambient temperatures might cause you to have some issues in the future. Definitely. The cold can even change the viscosity of your blood. Um, so it can increase the blood cells over plasma count. It's it's crazy what it can do. And what happens when our blood viscosity changes, it makes us liable for my favorite thing, blood clots. Blood clots. And these are different than our postmortem yeah. blood clots that, that Red loves so much. These are, you know, tiny little guys that get lodged in the vessels in your brain or in your coronary arteries, causing you to have a heart attack. And that's not good. No one wants that. No, not at all. And this starts from um, not only just the constriction of the vessels, but also uh, a lot of people, especially elderly people, aren't as mobile uh, due to cold weather. They end up staying inside a lot or just sitting in the same spot on the couch for long periods of time, which is not good when it comes to blood clots. That's true. I've never thought about that, actually. But yeah, if you're not getting up and going outside or like moving around your house, you could develop some pretty nasty thrombi um, in your legs or even in your pelvic region if you're not moving around as much as you should. Okay, maybe I'm going to double back. Thrombi sounds really cute. <laughs> maybe it's not so bad. <laughs> I know. I like to make my body anatomy as cute as possible. So don't worry. I got you there. <laughs> So something I thought was extremely fascinating as I was poring over all of these uh, numbers and statistics was that we find a lot of these findings true across uh, borders, like not even just the United States, but uh, any place that experiences a quote unquote winter season. Um, even countries that have like a warm to moderate climate, places like uh, like Spain, Portugal, like Italy or the UK, they experience a lot larger excess winter mortalities than places that have harsh climates, such as 
such as Finland or like Norway, uh, warmer countries actually tend to bundle up less in the cold months and that way are subjugated more to the colds that they experience. That makes sense. I think if you lived in some place like, I don't know, northern Russia, you're probably used to the cold. You're probably used to dealing with that every day. Yeah, you have that good brown fat. <laughs> <laughs> That's really funny. For those of you who don't know, brown fat is uh, basically found in bears that hibernate and fetuses. And that's the only place that it's found. (laughs) (laughs) Um, The rest of you have white fat. So go have fun with that knowledge. But (laughs) Put that in the trivia bucket for when that comes up on bar trivia. (laughs) Now you can go back and re-listen to that joke and laugh with me because that was a really funny joke. (laughs) (laughs) Anyways. Yeah, uh, yeah, you know, I think if you live in these harsher climates year round, you're more likely to just kind of deal with it and your body acclimates. But if you're living in like Virginia, where it's like 90 degrees in the summer and like 10 degrees in the winter, obviously there's going to be some uh, adjustment issues. Yeah, definitely. I know that a lot of people, even in our states, tend to try to push the envelope and wear shorts way later than they should. But for the most part, <laughs> we, we do tend to bundle up quite a bit. So yeah, absolutely. And just to close up around this specific line of reasoning, there's an article that I read called Winter Mortality and Its Causes, and that was written by uh, W.R. Keating. And it mentions the following. There's a recent decline in influenza epidemics, minus the coronavirus. (laughs) Um, An an old article, maybe. (laughs) Yeah, an older article. Um, But approximately half of excess winter deaths are due to coronary thrombosis, which is what? Oh, so it's when your cute little thrombi travel up from your legs because you're not doing anything into your coronary arteries, which are the arteries that are around your heart. They supply the blood to your heart. This causes your heart to stop working because your your heart, even though it pumps blood, it needs blood to do this. So these specific cases tend to peak around two days after a peak cold spell. So approximately half the remaining winter deaths are caused by respiratory diseases, and these peak 12 days after a peak cold. Hmm. So we see a direct correlation between when it gets really cold and when people are getting really sick Mm -hmm. and with medical knowledge this actually makes a lot of sense and i really i really like this statement because yeah if you're sitting around doing nothing or you know the cold is affecting your blood vessels it's affecting your blood coagulation two days is a pretty normal timeline for a myocardial infarction or a heart attack to happen respiratory diseases take a little bit longer to progress usually so like a week You know, we all know that coronavirus takes 14 days to show itself. Um, This makes sense. And I like it. (laughs) (laughs) I like when the numbers add up. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Um, So, okay, we all know that the cold can kill us. Great. Let's all turn our heat up a little bit more this winter. So is are there other things that might contribute to this really just drastic spike in deaths in the winter months? Um, So there are some things that have been speculated on, um, but some things are also inconclusive. So I think it would be very bad of us not to include these things just because they have been studied, but not enough. Mm. So one of the things that was mentioned uh, was the possibility that air pollution plays into this. Um, We have a lot more emissions in winter uh, because of heating. Everyone's kicking their heat on. Mm -hmm. And we know that respiratory disease is a leading natural death in winter. And this could play a part. But yet again, very inconclusive. That's true. I would need to see the data, but I can can see how it could be very hard to get this data. Um, 
Maybe people are thinking about carbon monoxide poisoning. I know a lot of older heating systems, especially gas, have the risk of carbon monoxide poisoning. So actually, uh, my forensic office that I used to work in um, dealt with a carbon monoxide death where a whole family um, unfortunately perished because they were gathered for the holidays and there was carbon monoxide in their home. But this is like a once in a lifetime, like very rare case. Right still pretty awful way to spend the holiday though Mm -hmm. so something else that was mentioned as well and we kind of touched on it earlier um is poverty and poor living conditions so obviously people who aren't able to really even afford rent let alone um making sure their house is up to snuff when it comes to insulation uh these places obviously bleed heat they have like a dampness to them and all of these things could play a role in especially uh, the respiratory aspect of things but also the cardiovascular aspect as well yeah i would say that goes into just like being cold might kind of accelerate comorbidities but that goes with any medical condition poverty plays a huge role in how people in certain social economic groups experience things more than if you're more fortunate and have better living situations absolutely now the thing i thought was most interesting that we've already talked about that winter itself has a huge spike in death but some of the highest spikes of all of that time is specifically around christmas and around new year's now why would that be Um, there's a few things that were postulated on. And we know that hospitals in the winter are overcrowded. Medical staff is uh, being spread thin, especially when there's holidays, people are taking time off. Doctors are going on week-long trips to Fiji or something like that. (laughs) Um, And people also tend to avoid hospitals for holidays. They want to be home. Um, Even like terminally ill patients, they want to be around their families uh, for the holidays, even if that means, you know, avoiding doctor visits or um, checking in on those little symptoms that are going a little haywire you know not to be like devil's advocate here but i am really interested to see how the holidays are going to affect coronavirus i know this is a very like just totally blown out proportional thing that's happening right now but like holidays people are going to get together people are going to avoid the doctor it's getting colder all of these things are aligning and on top of that we have coronavirus now so i am very interested to see how this might affect something like this yeah absolutely so something else i thought was an interesting uh, plausible variable but it might actually work in a totally opposite direction uh is global warming i mean we all know that that's a thing that exists it's not fake it is not fake <laughs> <laughs> Um, but what what kind of role does that play? I mean, obviously, with warming temperatures in the winter, um, do you think that winter deaths may decrease and then summer deaths won't increase just because the the scale is shifting, essentially? I would say yes, but that's just me. Just like, just like right automatically. I think yes, I think that's true because we you know we talked about the cold and how it affects people. Um, if places you know, in, in, in our state, it's, it's November and it was like 60 degrees outside. I, I, I don't think that people are going to die more because it's 60 degrees outside. Like that's very tepid. So, um, yeah, I would say so that they're, you know, the warmer it gets, the less likely these, uh, these effects are going to affect people. 
I mean, that definitely doesn't mean to st- you should start like going crazy with the greenhouse gases every chance yeah. you get. Like, still be very green, green forward, and eco friendly. <laughs> yeah, no, the cons of global warming super outweigh this insignificant ex- pro. Like, you right. know, it's it's always <laughs> there's always going to be winter until maybe 500 years from now. Like, it's it's always going to happen. Like, don't this is not our stance on anti global warming. Like, no. <laughs> <laughs> absolutely not <laughs> captain planet is trying to find you Jim. <laughs> oh my god <laughs> so the last the last point i'd like to bring up and something that i feel like a lot of I, i've talked to like hospice nurses about this i've talked to all sorts of different death care industry workers um that you, you really can't study study this you can't really get an actual mathematic data point out of this. But I think it's something that we all kind of believe in, in a way. And that's the sheer power of human will. (laughs) So people around the holiday, um, maybe they're sick, maybe they're at home uh, under hospice or something like that. And it's just, they want to hold on. They want to make it one more holiday. They want to stay with their family for one more holiday. And then they, they make it and then they let go. And I feel like that is a very common thing we see. I mean, even Thanksgiving just passed for us here. Uh, and I was on call Thanksgiving, uh, got maybe one or two death calls. And then the week after Thanksgiving has been absolutely insane. We had maybe like six death calls for my location oh my the gosh. next day. And it has just been going and going nonstop. The phone will not stop ringing. So... Yeah, and that's just one holiday like that we've been through already. But this is really a really true thing for a lot of death professionals. Any funeral director that you ask, any uh, person that deals with death, even like a nurse or a hospice nurse, they'll understand you when you ask about this holiday death phenomenon. I think that it's common knowledge among the death industry that people will hold on until the holiday, until they see their family for the last time, and then they're outie, like they're gone. And it's such like a weird thing that happens, but it it does happen. And, you know, no one knows why. There's no scientific medical reason like, oh, your heart loves your family, so it's going to hold on a little bit longer. Like, no, that's not scientific. It's it's really just, yeah, I would say like a power of will. I think like positive thinking goes a long way, especially for terminally ill patients. Um, But it's just crazy to see in real life. Like this sounds like Hallmark movie kind of stuff, right? but <laughs> it does like it's an actual thing that uh, that happens and that we see especially during the holiday season. Oh, absolutely. Which really helps explain why the specific spike is December through March. It's right after the holidays start and, you know, January hits and New Year's is over. I mean, people are, they're ready to go and they go. (laughs) Yeah. And it really is all the death old timers, like, you know, me and Red are like, you know, hip young kids in the death (laughs) industry, but all the old timers are always like, oh, you better get ready for that winter (laughs) spike after the holidays. It's, we're going to be slammed. It's like, it's like a well-known thing that happens. No, I legitimately, that happened to me when I started, uh, because after school, I mean, school let out in the summer and then I had my job and literally everybody it was like they were like preaching doom in the future that this this <laughs> huge rush this busy season was coming and i'm like okay all right i uh, sure sure old man sure old man jenkins no they're <laughs> they mean it and they are they're doing this for your own good <laughs> they're warning you <laughs> yeah it's very very it's it's true and 
it's very interesting and I would love to see some more data about this, but obviously this is going to be more theoretical kind of like mental health data. But I think we can wrap this up in a nice little package for you all that it's just the decrease in temperature. That's what causes us to become more susceptible to our pre-existing conditions and general illness, but not the flu. So with all these variables, who really knows? A lot of these avenues need a lot more continued research to be conclusive, and I'd really like to see more studies pop up about these kind of extra weird things. Like, yeah, show me show me more data about uh, air pollution and, and deaths in winter. <laughs> yeah, it is very interesting to think about and talk about, especially around the holiday season. We want to kind of to give you guys like a like a winter special, um, even though it's about death and it's <laughs> <laughs> it might make people sad. But it's an interesting thing that we all want to research. Um, You know, obviously things like the holiday willpower, very interesting, very hard to research, not really doesn't make sense, but it is there and we have to acknowledge it. Yeah. So but lessons learned for today. Uh, Definitely cherish your family around this time of year. Make sure that grandma is bundling up when she goes out to the store Uh, and definitely make sure to maybe you can set it to 70 in the house tell your dad to stop slapping your hand when you hit touch the thermostat do it for grandma do it for grandma uh before we finish i actually have a really cool story that i want to tell everyone Ooh, what about a nice fun holiday story but it doesn't really go with what we're talking about right now so let's save it for after the credits all right well that sounds good let's wrap it up that's all for this week on Mort Mike. We'd really love to connect with you guys on our socials, so like, follow, and subscribe to us on Facebook, Twitter, and YouTube. That's at Mort Mike Podcast, M-O-R-T-M-I-C-P-O-D-C-A-S-T. It would mean a lot to hear your feedback, so tell us what you think in a comment, and drop us a rating on whatever podcast hosting site that you use. If you have any suggestions or topics you'd love to hear about, burning questions you might have about death, shoot us an email at mortmikepodcast at gmail.com. I also want to give a huge thank you to our friend Marcin for the use of his song titled Deputies of Death, which he produced just for our show. You can check out his bandcamp at Marson, that's M-A-R-S-O-N music.bandcamp.com. Thanks, Marcin. And be sure to tune in every other week on Thursdays for more casual discussions on death. Thank you so much for listening. This has been Mort Mike. Stay tuned. Bye. <laughs> Bye. So I know I was really excited about this being like a holiday special, like I love the holidays. And as a medical examiner, like, you know, we don't stop working. Like we're working on Christmas, we're working on Christmas Eve, like these are 24-7 operations, no holidays. So obviously, we're going to have some really cool holiday stories. (laughs) (laughs) And I just wanted to share one that is really fun in a way. So I just want to put a warning in here. Any kids listening, um, we're going to be talking about one of Santa's helpers. So maybe we save this one for mommy and daddy. Uh, (laughs) So anyways, uh, going off of that, I am telling a story about the death of a Santa. Oh, no. 
of the Santa. Maybe, possibly, I don't know. Um, <laughs> maybe that's why he's not giving these kids iPhones anymore. I don't know what's going on. But um, so anyways, it was Christmas Eve and I was on call. I always work holidays because I don't live near my family. So I feel like I can. I don't have kids. Uh, I'm not married. So I feel like the least I can do is work a holiday for someone who is married and has kids. Wow, that's like actually super selfless. Like, <laughs> wow, that's amazing, Jim. <laughs> I also like working the holidays because of stories like this. So it was Christmas Eve and I got a death call a uh, traffic accident, icy road, uh, you know, it happens. So I'm going out, driving out. It's, I, I want to say it's like 3, 4 a.m. I used to work the night shift. So I'm driving out on the country road. It's getting curvy. There's like, you know, cliffs. And I'm like thinking the worst, like, oh my God, like this car is going to be out in a ditch. Like I'm going to be here for hours because we have to get there. And then we have to wait for the tow truck to come and pull the car out of the ditch. That's exactly what this is. It's a little sedan um, all the way down. I want to say like a hundred yards down into this like really deep, like cliff, like ditch mm -hmm. off the side of this uh, country road here. Very twisty, turny. And so the tow truck comes and starts pulling the car out. We don't really know who's in there. We don't know what happened. Uh, the EMTs uh, obviously reported an older gentleman, um, unresponsive, pronounced dead at scene. Um, so EMTs have already been there, and now this is my responsibility. Um, I don't really have any details besides this. So they pull the car out, and I walk up to the car, and in the front driver's seat, it's Santa. Oh, no. It's, it's Santa on Christmas Eve. And I was like, oh, my God. Santa's dead. <laughs> Santa, what happened to your sleigh? <laughs> I, and you know, okay, so it's not really Santa. It's one of Santa's helpers. So this man was a member of the community. He was a Santa impersonator. And he was a very good one. He was a very good Santa Renowned Santa impersonator. Because he looked exact. He had the, like, natural white beard all the way down to his, like, you know, belly or whatever. He was, like, rotund, like, round man. And he had this, like, beautiful, like, velvet red suit with, like, detailing and, like, trim. And it was just, it was, it was Santa. And, I mean, you know. We're always respectful of the dead, always. Like, this is, it was such a tragedy. So sad for this family and community. But, like, if you're pulling Santa out of a sedan <laughs> on Christmas Eve, there's going to be some some emotions going around. Yeah, I would say. <laughs> um, and, I, you know, be I think because this guy was dressed as Santa, he immediately became, like, my second grandpa. I was, like, <laughs> treating him with such care. I was like, oh, my God. And, you know, it's, you know, it's sad, but you want to take care of these people. You want to make sure you're doing your job right. So, anyways, we get Santa out of the car. You know, we I'm investigating him. I'm taking my pictures. I'm rolling him so I can see his back. This is kind of not related, but uh, he had no, really serious injuries and i do want to talk about this later but uh, he ended up having a heart attack while he was driving and he drove off the road mm. um so you know the injuries his death was not caused by the traffic accident his death caused the traffic accident mm -hmm. which is really interesting uh besides that santa, santa died on christmas eve <laughs> and i was there to, to see it and i just wanted to share that little tidbit i think i think that was 
One of my favorite holiday death stories by far. Oh my gosh, it's it's the year without a Santa Claus, Jim. <laughs> I know. I do. Oh. I do think that Santa is uh, consistently reincarnated. So yeah, don't worry out there, guys. I, I think he's <laughs> fine. But it was a very very jarring experience, and and we did his autopsy the next day on Christmas Day. Uh, very surreal. Very surreal experience to do Santa's autopsy. I'll tell you that right now. <laughs> Was was he full of cookies? Please, you know, <laughs> please tell me he was. <laughs> Happy holidays, everyone! <laughs> Happy holidays. 